Welcome to the Momming with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hargrove. On this show, I help moms discover Jesus in their motherhood. I hope this show encourages you in your mom journey. Enjoy the message. And the title of today's message is When the Pain Runs Deep. So I know that sounds deep right off the bat, but just stick with me. There is some hope and encouragement in this story we're going to read, but the title is when the pain runs deep and I'm going to start off with sharing a story. Um, it's a chapter in the Bible first Samuel one. And usually I share a couple of verses here and there, but this is a story. So I ask you to just bear with me. It's not super long, but it's not just one verse. So you might be busy with kids. Um, you might hear I have screaming, but if you're if you aren't, and you're just sitting there and have a moment to just kind of really listen, maybe even close your eyes to imagine this scene, I encourage you to do so. And so, um, let me start off with first Samuel one. And it says this, there was a certain man from Ramatham, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of, okay, I'm going to butcher these. I'm just letting you know right now. Okay. Jehoram. The son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and an Ephraimite. Okay, so all that, you know, we'll, we can dissect that another day with some other people, right? That's not what we're talking about today. Here's the story. He had two wives, and one of them was called Hannah, and the other, Paniha. Paniha had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the dame came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. First of all, rude, right? This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat, like literally hate her. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you so downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house in her deep anguish. Hannah prayed to the Lord weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord almighty. If you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forgive your servant, but give her a son, then I will give to the, I would give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put your wine away, girl. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. 
Eli answered, go in peace and may the Lord, may the God of Israel grant you what you asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they rose, arose and worshiped the Lord and then went back to the home in Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him. I mean, dude, this story is just powerful. And there's just so much that it made me think of so much that God ministered to my heart about the story. And I want to share it with you. So the sweet woman, she longed to love a child, to have a child, to nurture one and to call this child her own. Yet instead she was barren and she was in bitter distress. The story of Hannah is so powerful. And every time that I read it, it gets me emotional for many reasons, right? This story reflects an amazing woman who has come to a point where she just can't hold the burden anymore. She tried to keep it together. She tried to control her emotions, believe, trust, hope, wait, and carry on. But on this day, she couldn't hold it together anymore. The pain ran too deep. The bitterness in her soul was overwhelming her and her heart was hurting and she was overcome by this one thing. The simple desire has consumed her life and led her to weep bitterly before God. Others didn't understand her. One person is making fun of her. The other is asking, what's the big deal? And the other person thinks she's crazy and drunk. But God, God understood her. God saw her. God heard her bitter weeping and her prayer as she poured out her heart. And so what is the one thing for you? What is the one thing that almost feels like it's consuming your life, your prayers, your heart, the one thing that you feel like you just can't carry another day? And so For all of you, it may look different. Maybe right now you can't think there's nothing major going on and that's good. But maybe there's been a season of your life where you're like, yes, that was that one thing. Maybe it's right now or maybe in seasons to come. It may not be the same for you. Maybe you're not in a place of Hannah, like I'm longing for a child or longing to conceive another child, or maybe you are. But let's talk about this story. The three points we have today is when the words of others sting. Second one is weeping bitterly before God. And the last one is the course of time. So let's talk about when the words of others sting. How many times have you felt the sting of others' comments? Whether they're just trying to give you advice with a little insult on the side, or maybe they're straight up sipping on full strength haterade without holding back or spreading gossip and slandering your name because of false information or maybe just wrong assumptions of you. They don't know you. Those words sting. Words like this sting even more, especially when they're pouring it over an open wound. I mean, it's like you have this gash in your arm and like, oh, let me pour vinegar. Ha ha ha. Like, ow. I mean, poor Hannah was feeling overcome by her pain, her shame, her disappointment and her sadness. But yet the other chick was literally rubbing it in her face like a two-year-old. Ha 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 ha. I have kids and you don't. Like, What? She's making fun of her, causing her pain to run even deeper. 
It hurts enough already, but tell me why some people like to add fuel to the fiber. They like to kick you when you're down. And unfortunately, the truth is there are not, there are some people out there that are not nice. And I know many of us, including myself, we love to see the golden people. We love to see the best in people, give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and we should. But sometimes some of us can be naive to think like they can't actually be that mean. There are some not nice people out there and that's just period. Sometimes people actually do have evil intentions and want to hurt others. But then sometimes some truly don't mean to hurt others, but they do unintentionally. And some are completely blind to their toxic behavior and comments. But I want you to know that if you've been hurt by the words of others in any way, intentional or not, that those words truly have no weight as they compare to the words of God. God hears all. Trust me, he hears all and he sees all. And the one thing I've learned about God is that he's got our back. I am telling you, he has got your back. He is a God of justice and he will come through for you. He doesn't like when others talk badly about you. He's not just sitting there like, yeah, I guess you're right. She is annoying. You know, like, no, he's like, oh, oh, they are not talking about my daughter like that. Are they God is a God of justice? And he doesn't like that. He loves blessing you honestly in front of your haters. Look at Hannah's story at the end of it all. God granted her heart's desires and all could see the beautiful son that God gave her. Even the haters, he silenced her haters and he will silence yours. I'm going to read a couple of verses on this point. And this verse I'm going to read real quick. I remember a season in my life where I felt like there were some haters like years ago, right? I mean, there's always haters, but years ago specifically, I remember reading this because I was like, God, what do I do? Like, I want to confront this. I want like, this is frustrating me. And when I read this verse, like, oh snap, this is hard, but this is good. And it says in Psalms 38, 13 through 16, it says, I am like, a, I am like the deaf who cannot hear like the mute who cannot speak. I have become like one who does not hear whose mouth can offer no reply. Lord, I wait for you. You will answer Lord, my God, for I said, do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when my feet slip. And I like, there's another translation that's worded a little differently, but it pretty much says when people insulted him, that he chose not to speak and he chose not to listen. You sometimes you just got to choose to say, I ain't listening to that. I ain't going to speak to that. I'm not wasting my energy or time. And Luke 23, 34 says, Jesus said, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. How many times have the people that maybe hurt us? Here's the thing. They didn't even realize what they were doing. The power of forgiveness with this whole point. That's a whole nother story for another day, but forgiveness is necessary and powerful. And it frees you from the chains of bitterness. But sometimes these people just don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. John 2, uh, 2 24 through 25 says, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew about all people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. God, even God knew that he couldn't trust human nature because we are faulty. We are full of sin and you can't always trust other people. And Jesus wasn't saying that to be an insult, but to say like, you know what? Like I know humans, I made them and they're imperfect. And we have to understand that others around us, including ourselves. <laughs> We're imperfect and we won't always make the mark, right? Psalms 23, five, look at this one. You prepare a feast for me in the 
presence of my enemies. You honor me, anointing my head with oil, my cup overflows. I'm telling you, God will prepare a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. Proverbs 20, 22 says, don't say I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. Like I said, he is a God of justice. He has your back. He will prepare a feast for you in the presence of your enemies and you don't have to worry. And so hope that encouraged someone, hope someone who needed that feels reassured. But let's move on to our second point, And that is weeping bitterly before God. Have you released what's been building up in your heart to God yet? I know we don't mean to, but sometimes we are just keeping it all in, holding it together, shoving it down, trying to numb and suppress the pain inside of our hearts because we're busy. We don't have time to cry. We don't have time to let it out. And even as Christians, we may not realize that we haven't even prayed about it and put it before God. We're almost afraid to let it out because if it will leave us feeling vulnerable, even feeling naked before God, we will then feel all that we've been trying to not feel. If we let it out to God, we're going to feel the pain. We're going to feel the feelings we're not trying to feel. But what if it is time to let it all out? What if it is time to surrender the pain to God, just like Hannah did? What if God is actually a safe place, the safest place to release all the pain? And Hannah let out one of the ugliest cries of her life. You know, those cries, girls, the ugly cries. You look in the mirror and you're like, gross, like (laughs) girl, and you're just crying and your makeup's everywhere or your boogers are everywhere. And And she was crying so ugly that they thought she was drunk. She probably looked like a hot mess with boogers and everything coming out everywhere. Probably had that mom messy bun just like halfway up and halfway out. She just couldn't hold it in anymore. And she knew that God was the only one who would understand her. That she, that I'm sorry, guys. So that she, that God was the only one that would understand her. God was the only one that would stop and that would listen, that he is the only one that would embrace her and see past all her pain and see her heart. And after her good, ugly cry before God, reassurance from the priest came and she felt better. She was no longer downcast, the word says. Sometimes the very encouragement we need is not from a friend or buying new shoes or a new devotional book, but an ugly cry with Jesus. There is something about letting the pain surface, letting it out so that healing and freedom can come. And remember what the Bible says, that he takes our tears and he captures them in a heart in a jar, just like we've talked about before. And he makes something beautiful out of them. And so I don't know if you are just like Hannah today, praying desperately to conceive a child. Or maybe you're crying for healing over your marriage, restoration over your family, breakthrough in your family, healing over your body, help for your kids in some desperate way, helping your finances, something that maybe no one knows, but you and God, but whatever it is, you were not meant to carry it all alone. It's time to bring it to Jesus. And I'm going to share three points on this verse in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says, then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, 
Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. If you are carrying a heavy burden, God is saying, come to me. Let me take that and let me give you rest. In Psalms 51, 17, it says the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh God, he does not reject a broken heart. In Psalm 62, eight, it says, oh, my people trust in him at all times, pour out your heart to him for God is our refuge. You can pour out your heart to God. It is a safe place. And when Hannah did, she finally was able to look up, eat, find encouragement. And before you knew it, God came through for her. And let's go on to our last point. And that is the course of time the course of time. I wonder how long it took Hannah to get pregnant. Like she did in the story. The scripture says that we read earlier, it said over the course of time, then she became pregnant. It could have happened immediately after she left, or it could have happened over time. But the point is, is it happened. God came through. God, God answered her prayers. God gave her joy from mourning. God saw her broken heart and wanted nothing more than to heal her heart and see her smile. I love what she named her son. She named him Samuel. Samuel means God has heard. It was a reminder that God heard her prayers and her desperate prayer that day. God heard Hannah and God hears you. I don't know when things will happen for you, when things will change. Well, God will do what only he can do, but he does. He has a plan and he's got you. He loves you and he will make it happen over the course of time. And look, I know that sometimes in these times and times like this, all we want to know is God win though. God like when, like I've been so patient when. And waiting is almost painful. And I know this. I'm sure all of us know the pain of waiting. And for me, when I experienced two miscarriages um, before having my first baby boy, Joy, so in 2015 was my first miscarriage. I had one in 2017. And then I got pregnant with Joy. It was so hard, the in-betweens. And I remember specific days just crying. I remember taking pregnancy tests every month every other month and just being constantly disappointed. Like, why am I not getting pregnant? Why did I have miscarriages? Like what is going on? I was on my knees at times praying, even yelling and asking God when thinking, why am I broken? What's wrong with my body? Why doesn't God just give me a baby? He's given other people babies. Like, when is this going to happen for me? But as time kept going on, I kept waiting. And my husband and I decided one day to buy a journal and we started writing letters to give to our first child. I wasn't pregnant again at the time or anything, but I believed and we believe that God would give us a child so much that I wanted to start writing to them right then and there in the waiting. I believe that God would do it. And so we wrote letters about our love for her, how we're waiting for her, the journey we experienced, how much she meant to us already and much more. And now every year on her birthday, the baby that God gave us and the other beautiful ones that he did too, we write to her. 
we wrote her on her first day of school and, and um, different like monumental moments, but every year for sure on their birthdays. And this is a tradition we went ahead and carried on with our other kids because hello, like, you know, it's what I think we should do. And cause we love them all. And so this idea helped us feed our faith through the waiting and through the healing. It helped us get through the seasons of waiting. And over the course of time, I was able to find out that I was pregnant with my baby girl, Joy, my rainbow baby. And then God gave us two more precious children in the course of three years. So I'm telling you when he answers, he answers, right? And I know that God has a rainbow for you too. And over the course of time, you will see it bright, colorful, and beautiful. So while you are waiting, I encourage you to feed your faith. Don't allow the the doubt and the waiting to just suck you of all your faith and, and think and ponder of all the what ifs and why nots and all this, but feed your faith, the thing you're praying for, the thing you're hoping for, the thing you are weeping bitterly before God, feed your faith of that, that will come to pass because I know God will come through. And so I'm going to end on these two points. And that is Psalms 130, five through six. And it says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than a watchman wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. He's saying, I am waiting for the Lord with my whole being more than a security guard, you know, security guard watching a precious place, right? More than these watchmen protecting a place like he is just waiting and watching for the Lord. And in Psalms 33, 20, it says, we wait for the Lord. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. He is our help and our shield. And so guys, today we talked about the powerful story of Hannah in first Samuel one. And when her pain ran deep, her pain ran so deep. No one understood her, but God, we talked about the words of others when they sting us and dagger us, whether they meant it or didn't, but how hard that is when you're going through a hard time, but God has our back. We talked about weeping bitterly before God, that maybe it's time to let it all out instead of holding it all in. And lastly, we talked about the course of time that Sometimes these miracles, these prayers, the answers, it does take time, but God comes through. I hope you found encouragement today. I'd love to connect with you. You can find me by following Lauren A. Hargrove on Instagram or Facebook. And before you go, can you do me a favor and leave a rating and review for this show? I would greatly appreciate it. And it would help other moms better find the show too. With that, thank you for being a part of our community today and until next time.